Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petropoulos, here with the only two twins that are actually aliens from the future that were replaced with Mark and Joe. Man, you just you just let them into our personal life. So also, guys, you ruined it. What do you mean replaced by Mark and Joe? Repl- you replaced- we replaced Mark and Joe. Right. You said we're going to be we're replaced. We're going to soon be replaced I'm by Mark and Joe. I'm being a grammar <laughs> uh, guy right now because this is a bad joke. So uh, when, I was, when I was young, we used to have dinner at the dinner table every night. Us and our and our brother Johnny and me and Johnny used to Johnny and I, all right, grammar police. Johnny and I used to honestly spend legit the whole time we we're at dinner convincing the twins, convincing, trying, <laughs> trying to convince the twins that they were aliens um, from another planet and that they replaced other twins called Mark and Joe, and that on their 18th birthday they would be switched out. And on their 18th birthday, they didn't get switched out. <laughs> Listen, I'm a humble guy, but I will clearly say I was smart enough to know that wasn't the truth. We also told them we had a dead older brother that we kept in an urn. Over, like, <laughs> That's we, was, bad. we just made oh, we like, have an urn. like made stupid ass jokes when we were kids at the dinner table. But anyway, um, today we're going to talk about fantasy football. We That's have right. a really special guest, Mark Lindquist. He is a college football expert. Excited to have him on. Also from Roto World. From Roto World, we are also going to give you our top 15 starting the season. So without further ado, you guys ready to start? All right, so we just want to put this out there. It's a feeler. These lists are obviously subjects to change, although the twins don't think that there's necessarily going to be a first round type of rookie running back that becomes a top 15 player we, we don't know we know we don't yeah. think well you come could, on now themes you could say that but if you put someone in the right situation they're going to succeed and that's just how it goes um that's just what it is you know how that should go so um yeah so let's get started there's obviously no rookies on this list obviously things can change due to injuries and things of that nature um so let's start with number one um who does everybody have number one sorry michael Saquon Barkley of the New York G-Men. Why did you say it like that? Because that's how they say it when you draft players, and he's number one overall. That's not, who who, you, who <laughs> says it like that? Just so you guys know, Michael has the same voice for everyone. Once he starts playing a character, he only plays a character, and that's the voice of the character. That we he should plays. turn this into a game. Michael has to say his I picks. I could be Coach Steve for the whole episode. Michael has to say his picks in the voice of the person. Every time is going to be the same. No, yeah. And Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Ezekiel That's how my mother sounds to Michael. <laughs> that's how That's how my brothers sound. That's how his friends sound. That's how his teachers sound. That's how his Saquon Barkley sounds. <laughs> that's how Saquon Barkley sounds. Um, Jason, who's your first pick Ezekiel Elliott number one I also have Ezekiel Elliott so Mm. Michael tell us why you think Saquon's number one and then we'll talk about Zeke we're talking about a guy who is literally the whole offense last season for the Giants and he is going to be the whole offense again this season for the Giants whether it be Eli Manning or Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins or any rookie quarterback OBJ is gone there's no uh there's no super dynamic passing threat anymore they just signed Sterling Shepard to to an extension, which, I mean, Sterling Shepard honestly has not impressed too much in the beginning of his career. They still have Evan Ingram, two very nice pieces, but they're not Saquon Barkley, and they showed last year, Pat Shermer and that offense, that they want to just give the ball to uh, to Barkley over and over. He had 1,300 rushing yards, over 700 receiving yards. 
uh, 15 total touchdowns. I mean, 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns as a rookie. He, All right, hold literally, on. Literally, literally. You said one thing. Listen, listen. So hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, Jason. Just let me say one thing. Please, please, please. I'm grabbing your wrist. That's how you know it's real. Yeah, that was strange. Um, so, look, a lot of people, and this is where I want to I want to push back on you because I want your opinion on this. A lot of people will say, he's now the only guy. And I see that as a negative. I see that as something that's going to come back. I don't think that Saquon Barkley, with that offensive line and nine people in the box, can succeed in the way that he succeeded last year. Now, I think that he can play better in real life, but have worse production because he's the only guy in the field and because and because Eli can't throw over twenty yards. So, sure. What how how do you, what do you say to that? Two thousand and fifteen, push it down to eighteen hundred and twelve. Still taking number one overall. Let's not forget that he had a lot of... And you guys have him, I'm guessing, number two overall, so it's not like it's a huge stretch yeah, having him number he, one He overall. also had a lot actually. of long touchdowns. He did. But that's how he's been but since that's college, Penn bro. State, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's just his M.O. You'd see his box score of, like, eight rushes, nine yards, and then, bam, nine rushes, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Like, he's just, he just breaks out long runs. He did it at, a like, a record pace last year for running backs, I believe. Like, he had... Five or six fifty-plus yard runs, or maybe even more than that. I just think we have a. It's safer to go Zeke, and it's not that much less reward. Uh, we have a floor for Zeke. That's true. We know how good he can be. He was used more in the passing game last year, and it was great. Uh, if that even grows even more, if the we saw that it, the addition of Amari Cooper actually helped Ezekiel Elliott, Cooper's going to be there again. If he's able to open up the field a little bit, I feel like taking the Zeke has less of a David Johnson of 2018 chance than Barkley. Barkley's not going down that rabbit hole. I Why not, though? Because DJ, yes, he's very good, but he's not Saquon Barkley. Like, Saquon Barkley was a number two overall pick for a reason. He's this generational talent for a reason. Like he's I would not, say if there's a – but if there's a comparable in the league to Saquon Barkley, is David Johnson in terms of weight, height, speed, ability to catch, athleticism. Like, he has all those traits as well. So David it, Johnson's putting out some workout videos on Twitter, and they're nuts. The dude, the dude's a, a brick. He's a brick house. Actually, the twins know this. Before we had a podcast, David Johnson was like my my love child when he was drafted yeah. in the third round. Real like I loved him. Naughty. Like I I watched tape on him, and I just fell in love. And then I drafted him the next. I traded for him the next year and won a championship with him. So if anyone's gonna talk of DJ, it's me still. Even with that bias, I still think that he's the closest to Zeke that we have. All right, so that's our— Saquon. Saquon, excuse me. That's our first pick. Who are you guys going with the second overall player? Jason, let's start with you this time. Saquon. (laughs) Saquon. Uh, Michael? Zeke, for all the reasons Jason pointed out. All right, I want to go—so we already talked about Saquon and Zeke. You're going Gurley? I'm going Gurley, and here's why. As of right now, and of course, that's that's one of the reasons why I said this list is subject to change, because we've mentioned this many times before— in fantasy, you need to be liquid, right? There is a saying that balance is liquid, right? Once you think that you're balanced, that's when you're off balance. That's when you're going to have to be off balance. Balance is always something you need to maintain. That's the same thing with fantasy football. You always have to maintain that balance of how you think about a player. Because if you get negative news about the player, there is something that will make you not listen to it. And if enough news is coming out towards that player, then you have to listen to it. Or if he's had a couple's bad games strung together and you know he struggles against certain defenses, you have to listen to it. Right now the news is saying, McVay is saying, Gurley's still going to be our primary back. 
Uh, Gurley saying he feels 100% healthy. So you know what? I have to go with the news reports are saying right now. And if Todd Gurley is at 100%, you're, he's a steal at number two. Even 90%. Even Yeah, even a 90% Todd Gurley is an absolute steal at number two. I mean, no arguing that Todd Gurley isn't a beast here. It's just the injuries. I mean, yeah, but it's like stuff he's been playing through. Like arthritis and shit like that. Like, but yeah, that's bad. It's did not like, but the, it's not like he tore his ACL. But did you see the video of him like walking out of the club, like just like hobbled? No. Like he was an old man, shit. like a TMZ video, just like limping. Like, oh, what up? Like, that's that's <laughs> how I wake up in the morning. But we're looking like, I, but that's because I have plantar fasciitis. Six months from now. Yeah, it's yeah. Six months is a long time to heal. We're talking about an NFL like staff with cortisone shots and shit like that to deal with pain. People are forgetting yeah. how good Todd Gurley is. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, let's go to number three. Is Todd Gurley staying here for either you I'm guys? staying there with Todd Gurley. I think, I think, uh, right now we're outside of the rest of the industry and in ranking him here, but there is no way I'm taking someone like CMC over Todd Gurley. Well, I got Alvin Kamara over Todd Gurley. Kamara is a better case. I'd say. Uh, no Mark Ingram there. Sure. Latavius Murray is, uh, is decent, but he's no Mark Ingram. I don't think he's going to take the work from, uh, from Alvin Kamara, like Mark Ingram did, and let's remember that Mark Ingram missed the first four games last season. In those games, Alvin Kamara in half PPR put up 38, 38 and a half, 15, 26 and a half, and then thirty eight and a half. So those are absolutely monster performances. This guy had eight hundred rushing yards last season, seven hundred receiving yards, eighteen touchdowns overall, and it does not look like the Saints' offense is going anywhere anytime soon. He. Uh, his overall output was increased from year one, and I expect his overall output again to increase to year three. Um, I'm going to agree with you. Alvin Kamara is my number three player on the board. Um, all right, so let's go to number four. Jeez, Tim, you got Saquon at four? No, I don't. Uh, Jason. What is uh, wrong with you? That's why they call him the hot ticket. That's why he pissed me off. Jason, who's number four for you? <laughs> I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> now, nah, as Michael uh, mentioned about his dogs, Alvin Kamara is number four. We've seen what he can do with limited touches. Uh, and his touches aren't even that limited. Like, he still touches the ball a lot, even though just it's the Saints just like to use two backs. So, uh, he's he's a he's a beast. Uh, Kamara's a... If he was a, on a team where he was the clear guy, he'd be number one easy. Like, if he was on the Rams, number one easy. Michael, who do you have number four? Todd Gurley, for all the reasons you guys said. I'm not... Once we get close to the season, I'll look more into what's going on with the Rams. But as of now, I'd, I'd still take him four. Yeah. We're talking about Todd Gurley. I'm taking CMC. Um, I know you guys are going to probably hate me for that. CMC um, over Saquon Barkley. I'm taking CMC over Saquon Barkley Man. because unlike Saquon Barkley, his workload will be taken. They, they will have to have safeties deep because this year they're making it very clear. They got rid of Devin Funches. Uh, they're going with straight-up speed. At the wide receiver position. and Your argument is that they got rid of a guy. They're literally doing exactly what they've always done. Like, their offense has always been good under Cam Newton when they just had guys who were speedy and they could run, like, a fast-paced offense. Oh, so they're using so they're a formula using, that works. So they're just doing their normal offense, getting rid of Devin Funches. That doesn't change anything. Except the fact that Devin Funches Let's has been forget- on the team for the last four years. What are you talking about? Christian McCaffrey, though. Christian McCaffrey, though. <laughs> what? He took a huge step up once Cam Newton forgot how to throw. Yes. He injured his arm. He couldn't throw more than 15 yards downfield. Christian McCaffrey became this absolute monster. Didn't score less than 
he scored less than 22 points once week nine and on. And let and that's yet, absolutely absurd. And that's when Cam Newton decided he couldn't throw past 15 yards anymore. But if yeah, but if you, his flip that, side happened, if he had his first his last nine games first and his first nine games last, he wouldn't be in this conversation. Yeah, he had 10 and a half, 10 and 11, three of his first six games. Like that's that's what it was looking like it was going to be the whole season until. Newton couldn't throw, so then McCaffrey had to get the ball 20 times and 10 targets a game. Okay. Or, or even when Cam Newton was out, whoever the backup QB was, I forget. Or you're looking Allen. at a guy who has 250-plus touches guaranteed, no doubt about it. He's going to get the ball that many times. And he's going to get the ball sure. in goal line situations, and he's going to get the swing passes. So if you're in PPR, you're going to get 10 points straight up off catches every game. When, when, you, when he gets the... Receiving passes, he's going to get those catches. When he he's going to receive touchdowns, he's going to run touchdowns. He's going to he's going to be the only running back that's playing. I'm on still a, not off my touchdown gripe with him. What do you mean you're still not well, off? If Cam Newton's healthy. You he said he's not going to get four, and he got like thirteen. Thirteen. How many did he have when Cam Newton was healthy? How many did he have in his first nine games? Oh my well, god, probably like four. You guys, Yo, you after guys, that he had a shitload. I'm gonna tell you what. You guys found this little loophole that you that you guys are. It's are, not a loophole. It's a loophole. It's what people are being loophole. blind to. It's a loophole. Cause I'm not I'm not gonna accept the I fact disagree. that all right. I think so it's maybe that people aren't talking. So about. maybe the fact that yes, Cam Newton hurt his arm had something to do with it. But mm. you live and you learn. Christian and when, McCaffrey had one total touchdown in the first six th- weeks. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you for... Yo, you saying... Thank you. You saying that Cam Newton's arm troubles are the reason why he got here? Maybe. But that doesn't that doesn't take away the fact that they succeeded when he was getting the ball. The offense was moving when he was getting the ball. The coaches found succeeded. out... Succeeded. The Panthers looked like they were going to be a Super Bowl team. I'm not talking... I'm not talking... I'm not talking yeah, about real life, bro. They were bro. way better before... I'm talking about the running back. I'm talking about... me In offensive prowess from the running back. When's the last time a Carolina running back did anything? This guy Angela is... Angelo Williams had good season. Jonathan Stewart. Stop, solid. please. Stop. What are you like, talking We're not about? talking... Not on this level. Obviously. I, I, all right, fine. So there you, were seasons where if you combine D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart... Well, yo, that doesn't matter. Are you guys gonna, yo, before you say, can you combine Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams? Can you let me finish my argument? Look, McCaffrey yo, is a first-round pick. We're not saying he's not. But we're also saying he's not higher than Saquon Barkley like you have him. And he's also, he I'm, has a chance I would, no, to have a lot disappoint. I would, much, I would buying, much rather have a, a, a place where a quarterback can throw the ball downfield. You're going to have to rely on your safeties to cover downfield, and that's going to open up a box for a guy that can make people miss. If you are buying second half Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton goes into the year good, like he's not hurt and he's ready to go, then you're probably going to be a little disappointed. I disagree, I disagree wholeheartedly. Well, yeah, you're all, you've always disagreed about everything with Christian McCaffrey. And I've been right the last two years. I mean, I don't really know what that means. I, I've been right. You guys have been down on him. I've been up on no, him, and I, I, and I I'm win. A, I'm a well, Christian first McCaffrey year, fan. He didn't have many touchdowns. I don't know what you're talking but about. But you said he was going to have two, and he had more than that. Like two. Four all right, so shit. every every time that Jason says how many touchdowns Christian McCaffrey have, all right, quadruple it. But like, look, I have McCaffrey fifth right All right, seven. Gurley, Let's so. think about it right now. Seven and a half is the over-under. All right, put it down. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. I get to write down a bet. Way over. If Cam Newton's healthy all year, that's not happening. In fact, how about this? If he gets under seven, uh, you can get two wins. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. <laughs> Do you remember how good I was last year? I'm not trying to like. All right, fine. How about this? I want two. I want a double. All right, over seven, I get a point. Over ten, I get two points for Jason. 
Under seven, he gets a point. Under four, he gets two points. If we're going to do that, I'd I like get to, one if it's in between seven I'd like and to ten. put in a little <laughs> caveat here that Cam Newton has to be healthy. No. That's my whole argument. Shut up. It is. No. I don't want to do double points if Cam Newton's hurt. I mean, Tib, you're the one who doesn't think Jordy Nelson bet should count because he retired. I, why can't Jason yeah, have a caveat trash. about... Because you're the ones that told me no. <laughs> that's why. Good point. All right, moving on. I have McCaffrey hold on, hold on, as hold on. my fifth overall. <laughs> <laughs> told you, I don't hate McCaffrey. I just think it's crazy to put him ahead of Barkley. And he might disappoint a little bit. But I'd still be willing to take him there just because. And well, this is half PPR, by the way. Our right. rankings. Right. In half PPR, he, he has the superb floor. Jason, who's your number five? Melvin Gordon. The underrated star over McCaffrey. So before you over say McCaffrey. that, I will say this is where I have Saquon Barkley. Number five. So Jason, why why do you have uh why do you have Melvin, Melvin Gordon is the most underrated receiving back in the league? He does not get enough love. This guy can put up two thousand and fifteen touchdowns. Why wouldn't you want that? Two thousand and fifteen touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns, bro. In his career in a season. Still he gets close every year. It was a joke. He he always he the only thing is he gets a little hurt. Right, and I think the durability issues is something that you can't. But if you handcuff, you're fine. Uh, that's true, but it's gonna be hard to handcuff Austin Eckler. Is he, Austin Eckler is gonna be even uh, Josh Jackson? Like Melvin these, Gordon is so underrated. People like I mix in Cook. No, no get out of here. Definitely no. Get out of here. Yeah, not even sure. Julio. Not like. Just don't take those. If Melvin Gordon's a force. If you're looking for consistency in the running back position, there's no one that's been more consistent than Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is going to give you top three production. Yeah, for a, for a cheaper price. Jason is is the number one believer in Melvin Gordon. When he doesn't draft him, he tries to acquire him at every cost. <laughs> um, number six, right in the middle of the first round. Um, I'm going to start this one because I've got a little bit of a hot take. My number one receiver this year is someone that you may not expect. Devontae Adams is my number one receiver. Um I was right about Devontae Adams because the number one receiver in Green Bay gets a lot of burn. And now Aaron Rodgers, after this article, is going to have something to prove. So how's he going to prove it? He's going to throw a lot. And he's going to throw to Devontae Adams a lot. And just like Jordy Nelson every single year was guaranteed to have a floor of 1,310 touchdowns, Like I really think that we're getting to a point where Devontae Adams, 1,310 touchdowns is the floor that you could expect from him. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Devontae Adams, your number one. I think I've seen him top three in places. I also like a little bit, again, a caveat, a little bit of a like a bias check. I was on him last year when a lot of people weren't on him. I drafted him. He succeeded for me. I love him now. So, like, you know how that goes. I mean, he's also going to be working out of the slot more this year with LaFleur there as well. He's actually going to be running routes that are exist, not just... Shit that he had to do by himself because McCarthy's a bum. He said it himself. He said he's really excited to expand his route yeah. this year. So, guess what? I agree with you. I have Devontae Adams at six. Ooh. Your number one receiver as well? Yep. I have Nuke. Nuke here at six. Can't I mean, you can't go wrong with Nuke. Nuke, yeah. 1,600. Well, basically, 1,570 and 11 touchdowns last season. 115 receptions. I mean, him and Deshaun Watson look like a super dynamic combo. and They're both going to age another year together. I think it's going to be glorious. Uh, it's it's the only thing. In, yeah, go ahead. The only reason I'm a little weary of Hopkins is if Fuller and QT are on the field. They both haven't really been on the field together a lot, but Fuller's a great deep threat that's going to see some targets. QT, when he was in, he was getting ten targets a game on underneath routes. But Hopkins is going to see a little bit less. Are we going to see them on the field together? Uh, that's also it. I think something that you have to worry about with 
with Hopkins too is not his health, but Watson's health. This is a guy who's had injury problems in the past, and he got hit more than any other quarterback last year by far. He has the, a terrible well, offensive line. On the topic of the Texans too, because I gotta point out this hypocrisy that's in the industry at the moment. The same people who say fade Todd Gurley because he's injured think Deontay Foreman is going to take over the role in Houston. Yeah, people piss me off. As if Deontay Foreman isn't the person who actually tore his Achilles. I think it's Dante, by nice. the way. Andrew you guys are making fun of me, and I, 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 it's I looked Deontay. it. Nah, I looked. It's D apostrophe Ante. I know, but it's it Dante. That's how it's pronounced. Wait, it's that's Dante. wrong. No, it's not. It's supposed to be pronounced like Dante. that. That's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Either way, <laughs> Sean, Watson, Sean Watson played all... 16 games last season, so I'll, I'm trusting him. Yeah, I'm just saying it's going to be hard for him to, to hold up after with all that freaking pounding. Um, Hopefully they get some offensive line help. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I'll start seven to. because I, I have Nuke seven. there. Okay, so you got Nuke. Michael, who you got number seven? Can't guard Mike. Michael whoa, Thomas, okay. Michael Thomas. So J- um, that's a guy that Jason whoa. highlighted as one of the players that he thought was actually inconsistent last year. and was. And um, and looking closer at the numbers, you could see that he had some shit games. I'm not as high on Mike as yeah, others are. He shit the best sometimes. So, Michael, why should they pick him so high? Uh, I I see that, but he's also entering his age 26 season. He's inc- improved every single season despite putting up great numbers each season. I mean, his rookie year, he went 1,109, which is nuts. And then a year after that, increases reception output by 12, put up 1,250 and 5. And then last year, he caught 125 balls on 147 targets. We know about the crazy efficiency. I thought I think they broke a yeah. record for uh, completion percentage. Breeze and Michael Thomas, 1,400 yards and nine touchdowns. I don't. It, it's not like this guy is going to decline. He's a, he's a stud. He's one of the best receivers in the game. He's entering his fourth year in the NFL. Drew Brees did not look like he was aging last season. My argument there, though, like 1,409 is great, right? But at the seventh spot, take a shot. A running back like Connor or Bell or DJ, those guys can get fourteen hundred and nine and more because they play two different positions. But Michael Thomas isn't an injury risk, really. That's true. I'm I'm going a little off kilter here, guys. Um, today on IG, Le'Veon Bell said this guy's going to score seventeen touchdowns this year. I'm going with James Connor. I hope so. Oh, I thought you were going to say Le'Veon Bell said he was going to score 70 touchdowns. Here's what I love. I love a team that has deep threats. Check for the Steelers, even though AB's gone. Still still deep threat down, threats Excuse me, down the field. A quarterback who can get it down the field. Ben Roethlisberger checked, although he might be a possible racist. And then <laughs> offensive lines. And people who are counting the Steelers out this year and Steelers players have to remember. This is an offensive line who not only graded as the best offensive line in the in the league by PFF, they're bringing the exact five same starters back for the third year in a row. That never happens. That is continuity at its finest. That is a unit that is working together. That is a unit that is cohesive. People are counting out the Steelers. Do not be surprised if the Steelers go 11-5 and five this year. You know, it just confuses me a little bit, the way that people are fading James Conner, as if the running back for the Steelers hasn't been an RB1 every single year in the Ben Roethlisberger era. It's crazy. Like, even Rashard Mendenhall was a running think back all of a one. Sudden, D'Angelo Williams, Le'Veon Bell. And now, oh, Jalen Samuels is there. I think th- what gets in their head is that Jalen Samuels is going to steal work. No. The Steelers don't use two running backs. They just they don't. They use one running back. And Samuels, James Conner 
showed that he could handle the load. Samuels even had to share work with Ridley when he was back there. Yeah. They didn't trust him to be the lone back. So James I mean, Conner is my number seven. Like I I'm, mean, Samuels was drafted cool as a that. Swiss Army running back tight end last year. It's not like he's his star running back in a... I can guarantee we're going to be higher on James Conner than the industry this year, and I can also guarantee we're going to be right. Uh, If I'm at the turn, like the 11th pick or so, if I could somehow finesse a James Conner-Le'Veon Bell combo, I'm taking that all day. Um, Let's go to number eight. uh, Did we even say our sevens? I I said Mike Thomas. Yeah, you said your seven. I didn't say my seven. Oh, who's your seven, Jay? I also went on a little your seven here. was nuke. No, oh, I'm oh my seven was nuke. We're going yeah. eight. Going eight. All right, this let me guy. just. I'll start with eight. David Johnson. Ooh, me too. First David Johnson sighting. This guy had how crazy fourteen hundred and ten last year, Michael. You know what those numbers are? Those are Michael Thomas numbers, except that David Johnson's ceiling's a little higher because he can rush and pass, and I think that he could pass. That's cool. I mean, receive. <laughs> Kingsbury's coming in. He's not going to want to uh, lose his job. He has a lot of pressure on him. He has this air raid offense he's trying to bring in of sorts. So he's going to utilize David Johnson as much as he can. It would be smart to use your best player as much as you can. Ooh, even in a rocket shit, science. Yeah, even in a shit offense last year, he put up 1,409. Finished as an RB10. So if you're looking for safety with ceiling, David Johnson is that. It's still Arizona. I, I could not, no, I could not agree more. I think David Johnson comes back. Last year, the Arizona Cardinals led the league and runs up the middle. That is not what the league does anymore. On top of that, they had a terrible quarterback situation, a terrible offense situation. Now, if they keep Josh Rosen, it's Josh Rosen in his second year with a new offense. If they don't keep Josh Rosen, it's Kyler Murray, who by all means... Murray can help. Would help, yeah. Help the RPOs, help swing out of the backfield. This is an offense that Kyler Murray has run before. So, look, Cliff Kingsbury, whether you think he's going to be a good head coach or not, is one thing. I don't think it's deniable at all that he's going to help the position players succeed a little more. And David Johnson had a down year, 14-10. and 10. And not to mention Chase Edmonds stole 300 yards and two touchdowns from him. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on fucking Chase Edmonds, man. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yeah, yo. Oh, my God. Don't get me started, bro. Uh, I needed a win one week, and it was just like Chase Edmonds is 120 yards for no reason. And I had David Johnson, by the way. My number uh, eight we're up to? (laughs) Yep. Number eight is Melgo. Jason has him at, well, like five. Finally. Show him some love, guys. Makes a little more sense. I'd rank him higher if he wasn't always hurt. But, yes, you're right. He's one of the best pass-catching backs in the league. He... He's shown in that offense that they he could uh, absolutely dominate. So, Mel, um, I like Melgo here, number eight. Uh, Jason, lucky number nine. Who are you starting lucky with? Number nine. Uh, I think it's about time we bring in my boy OBJ. I was waiting for someone to say oh, him already. Dale Beckham uh, OBJ. First off, real quick before we say this, if someone out there calls OBJ ODB, man, I want to. I, re- I get really angry. No, nah, say that. What he if, likes. He what likes. They're listening. He nice. likes to be called that, though. Nah, man. Do you want to lose our listeners? I don't. ODB. I like our listeners. OD- all day. Be- oh no. No. no ODB, ODB for Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. Oh, so stupid. But do you know Old Dirty Bastard from the Wu Tang Clan? Wu Tangs are for the children. Is that Congrats. why he does it? Yeah, ODB. No, it's OBJ. Then it has like a Wu Tang Clan. Like people know that. Like it it's a, it's like a homage. It's like it's like Alex Rodriguez calling himself A Rod. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers, but Alex Rodriguez was obviously A-Rod first. I don't know about that. I mean, Go OBJ. Uh, OBJ and Baker. ODB, you mean? I can't wait to watch OBJ and Baker together. It's going to be beautiful. 
BrotoFantasy.com. Check out true throw values, true target values. OBJ was a 12th wide receiver, even with Eli Manning throwing him the ball. Baker Mayfield was 12th in true throw value last season and will definitely go up more after another season of um, experience under his belt. So his targets are worth way more than Eli Manning's. So even if OBJ's targets drop a little bit, he's still going to be super dynamic. And he's going to go back to that area where people are going to start considering him for a top three pick next season. I have DeAndre Hopkins at nine. Um, Michael, oh. who do you have oh, at it's nine? It's been a while. Tim. I have OBJ as well. Nice. I have I, all right. So I have OBJ at ten. I'll lead off the the ten. I think that he's just under D Hop. The only thing keeping me from putting OBJ like over, I was gonna put him over Saquon Barkley and drop Saquon Barkley to six, but I mean, you don't know in Cleveland, and there's been times where you know there's a player and he's good and they got a good quarterback and he fits the system and yada 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 and it just doesn't work. Like we see it all the time in NFL. NFL, I think we have the highest rate of free agents that just kind of don't reach their potential that you thought they were going to reach. Well, I mean, uh, it's probably with OBJ, it's not going to be a not work. It's just going to be a, are they going to give him enough volume? There's a lot of good players on that team. Also, you never it's know. It's going to work. You never know. Uh, yeah. You don't it's know. Work. The, I mean, the offensive line got weaker. Um, they lost the best rated uh, offensive like, uh, yeah, offensive guard in terms of pass protection in that trade. So, look, is it? Is it guaranteed that he's going to be some... And also, OBJ has, has injury issues. Zyler actually the trade for Vernon. He's got injury issues, bro. That's funny. They did two that separate is, trades for... Yeah, that's they true. swapped for Zeitler and Vernon. That's true. So, I mean, I think OBJ is going to be great. The reason I have him at 10 is because if I'm taking in the first round, we tell you this all the time. In the first round, five out of the 12 picks will bust. It's a guarantee. Guaranteed. I When I'm picking in the first round, I'm looking for bust potential. I'm like, all right, I want to avoid the guy with the biggest bust potential. And OBJ, OBJ, not the biggest, but he's one of the five people that you would say has bust potential on the list. Yeah. Um. So um, for number Reasonable. 11. Well, number 10, my number 10. 10. Oh, right. Number 10, Jason. That's right, Michael. You were ready to go, and I said Jason. Number yeah, 10? I don't like <laughs> this guy. He's mean to me. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Oof. I, I forgot we didn't even... I, I forgot that he you didn't say him yet. The Tim, fact Tim that you have a almost 300-touch running back this low is ridiculous to me. It's just like the back of your head. It's ridiculous. We've talked enough about Christian McCaffrey. Michael? Devontae Adams. Okay. Here. Talked about him as well. Yep. Um, let's move on to I our do, next one. I do want you talking about Sorry. bus potential. We don't know what a Matt LaFleur offense really looks like yet. And... It looked absolutely terrible in Tennessee last season. So I wouldn't say it looked terrible. I would say the players look terrible. Just hinder some expectations here. People are just automatically giving it a boost. Like Matt LaFleur has not done much. Well, I think the thing is the offense last year in Green Bay was absolutely disgusting, and Adams was still great. Yeah, but, I mean, it was still his first 1,000-yard season. and I think LaFleur brings it, man, and honestly, I think that you know one of the sleepers I'm going to be talking up this, this offseason, Equinemius St. Brown. Yuck. I got a feeling about Yuck. my man EQ. Gotta stop this. Man, I saw this on Twitter. I forget who it was, so I can't shout him out. I wish I could. But he said, uh, I, he was saying how people are like, oh, the the Packers have weapons and Brown and more and shit. But the Packers drafted a punter in front of all those wide receivers. So how much could you really trust that they really believe in those wide receivers? Do you know the St. Brown story? 
Yes, yeah, I know the same Brown story. My goodness, he, he the dad like chose nah. an athletic mom let's, so they can have athletic again. kids. No, every show. Yeah, yo, I believe I believe in legacies, bro. I really believe in like, Ugh. yo, in the ancient days, you could only be the king if your dad was the king. This kid's dad was the king, Game and his Thrones, mom was bro. the queen. Like, there's no way he's not gonna be good. He's just yeah. it's in him. You'll see. Um, this one's not boring. Boom. And number 11, we've got our first Le'Veon Bell sighting. I got Le'Veon nice. Bell at number 11. Look, noise. when you put him in a situation, yes, he missed a year. But I follow him on Instagram. I followed him all, all season on Instagram. This guy is working out. He's getting himself right. Yeah, he likes to party. He but you know what? put up a post uh, today, I think, or yesterday of him like sweaty working out. I was like, yeah. they said I was 250 or something. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I screenshotted it. So he, so look. Look, Joe Namath went to the clubs. It is what it is. Just because a guy go to the clubs doesn't mean he won't produce on Sunday. He cares about his job. He wants to prove to everyone that he is the guy, that he made the right decision. On top of that, you have a team that has a new offense who loves to throw out of the backfield to the running back. Jason uh, talked about Kenyon Drake a lot and how much his production came from the backfield. And... He is with a rookie quarterback, like I said, a lot of passes, and he's going to run the rock a lot on an improved offensive line. Expect the Jets to draft a guard in the draft, and it's a heavy guard draft this year. So to draft multiple. Yeah, so I, I really, really think that Le'Veon Bell is going to come back and be the Le'Veon Bell people know and love, and I think he's going to make a statement right off the bat. I really do. So uh, Le'Veon Bell Slightly off top. Jets are a little Because you brought up the club. No one finds an issue that Todd Gurley's going to clubs where he has to limp. <laughs> dude, it's – I know you're not a club guy. I, no, no, no. I don't think it's an issue. But, like, what they make big deals about on ESPN these days is ridiculous. You would think someone limping out of a club with Todd Gurley's stature would be a story. Sure, but it's not. And I'm glad it's I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, they made a big deal that OBJ took a shirt. I know you're not a club a guy, Jason, but there's not much that can happen in the club unless someone brings in a gun. Like, you, you, they're not boat, doing man. jumping and jacks. Going you know I mean? fast, no, the point man. is that he's injured. I'm telling like, you. Like, instead of resting. Ah, he could rest. The dude could probably. What does he have to go to work? OBJ he took a all picture day. with the sh- his shirt off and the world went crazy. Well, that's because there was on two boat. blunts on the, on the boat. Good for him. And there was alcohol. Right. Well, and it was I, And it was the week before the playoffs. I don't recall. We're in the middle of the offseason. Once yeah. in the picture. Uh, yeah, besides that tangent. One was in know. Trey Song's uh, hand. I don't know. My don't 11 know. was also Le'Veon Bell. Ooh, really? I agree. Jason, yes. me and you were on the same page today. Dude, uh, Adam Gase had Ryan Tannehill's true throw value at sixth last year. Like, he runs an efficient offense. And when he's not passing, he's I, they pass to the running back a lot. Yeah. And when they're handing it off, it's going to be to Bell. So, uh, Real quick, true throw value and true... Uh, target value, if you're not familiar, the things that Jason and I have been referencing. I don't know if Michael has referenced it yet. Have you? He's Let's a bad just say brother. He has. Whatever. So uh, it's a stat that Jason invented. Um, he put a lot of time and effort into it, came up with a little bit of a mental algorithm that he puts into place. Well, not mental. It's on paper as well. And he comes up with the um, what kind of value does a football have every time it leaves a quarterback's hands, basically. And last year... Ryan Tannehill was sixth on that list. Every time his ball left his hand, it had the sixth highest value of any quarterback. Is that not insane? Is that not insane? And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. People will look at that and be like, are you serious? Ryan Tannehill's sixth. Kenny Stills had a lot of 50-yard touchdowns. He did. Albert Wilson, before he got hurt, had a lot of long touchdowns. Jacream Grant took a lot of long touchdowns to the house. 
Kenyon Drake killed it off of passes from Tannehill. Adam Gase ran a very efficient offense, as, like where they had a lot of big chunk plays. And if you can make that happen with Adam Gase, imagine what can happen with Sam. Exactly, Donald. because nobody realized Tannehill was actually pretty efficient because no one was starting the players on the Dolphins. Right. It was hard to predict which one was going to have that touchdown. Although true target value helps you predict that because Jason famously predicted a Kenny Stills blow-up game last year uh, using true target value. So go check that out. Uh, it's true av- that. It's available for free for a limited time. Let's put it out that way. Uh, so go check it out while it's free. Michael? Uh, I'm just going to go uh, the double dip here. Um, Connor at 11 and then Le'Veon Bell at 12. We've discussed both. Michael making the turn. I got Melvin Gordon at 12. He's sneaking in that top 12 low, for me, man. Jason. Too low. That is uh, too look, low. look. The dude, the dude can ball. Don't get me wrong. It's just the injury issues that, that concern me, if I'm just being honest. All right. I have Connor at 12. Uh, number 13, I have can't guard Michael Thomas. Um, I think that he's... A little low, I think. I, yeah, but if you look at the wide receivers I'm ranking him under, Adams, D-Hop, OBJ... It's not crazy to think that Michael Thomas will, can have an outstanding year and still finish behind those guys. So uh, I got Michael Thomas just because of his consistency. Uh, Michael, who's your number 13? You guys know who it is. Juju? Juju Smith-Schuster. Actually, I'm surprised you didn't say him yet. You you boldly said that you would take him in the first round, but he's your 13th player. Yeah. He's your 13th <laughs> player. It doesn't mean I won't take him in the first round. It's different when, you, uh, when you're drafting. That's true. Like, it's... About how the draft goes and such, like at the turn, maybe I could take uh, Juju and Bell instead of Connor and Bell to get a wide if receiver. If he takes Juju back. then Bell instead of Bell then Juju, then Juju was his first yeah. round pick technically. But yeah, Juju's going sixteen hundred and ten this year, folks. Put in the books. I, I, I have went in depth about Juju on multiple occasions. I have Michael Thomas at thirteen as well. Um, let's go over to fourteen, rounding out the list. I got our first tight Not end. Rounding out, we got fifteen, kiddo. We're, well, we're getting there. I'm not. It's not rounding it out right now. We're rounding it out. Rounds. We're not ending. Yeah, you're wrong. But great minds think alike. Do you have Travis Kelsey Travis here? Travis Kelsey here. I have Kelsey 15. So let's talk about it, uh, Michael. Why don't you Why don't you take it away? Since you were you've been spitting game all ga- all day. Have I? You've been spitting game. You've been, been on your ball. You've been on game. your ball today, man. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Uh, I mean, we're talking about I mean, Travis Kelsey. Hold with- on. Except when you argue with me about CMC, and then and then you had him ranked literally the next player. Yeah, yeah, we'll ignore that. That's, Go ahead. That's what I, that's what I do. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, three straight thousand yard seasons, three straight, uh, not yeah, three straight thousand yard seasons. Forget what I was gonna say. A uh, hundred receptions last season, thirteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns. Patty Mahomes and Kelsey had a ridiculous connection. Remember week one, Travis Kelsey did not catch a single pass, and people were like, "Oh shit." Yeah. What are you gonna do about Travis Kelsey? And then bam, he absolutely exploded week two, and then it was the rest is history. If Tari Kill ends up getting a little bit of a suspension here. Uh, it's a possibility with him being a terrible person and all. Then Travis Kelsey's stock would be even higher because he's going to get a ton of work. All they really have besides Hill is Sammy Watkins. And guess what? Sammy Watkins is always hurt. We all know that. So, I mean, Travis Kelsey, even if Hill doesn't get suspended, he's just going to keep getting a ton of work. They have uh, Damian Williams in the backfield, not Kareem Hunt, who isn't as effective. So, Travis Kelsey here is a... Uh, my man at number 14. Let me add a tidbit to this. He just he gives you such an advantage at the tight end position. If you want to check out true target values for tight ends, we have home and road splits, also expected fantasy points that coincide with those numbers. Mahomes to Kelsey on the road was the number one connection of any quarterback and pass catcher last season. Wow. 
Kelsey on the road, his expected fantasy points per game is 21 in standard and 29.84 in PPR. Absolutely absurd. So now we're gonna we're actually gonna end the list now. Yes. I actually had Kelsey at 15. Okay, so Michael, let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you have Julio Jones at 15? I don't. That means none of us have Julio I have Jones. Julio at 14. No one ever let me say my 14. You need to, you just didn't you just decided not to say it. Yeah. No, yes. I said Kelsey's my 15. Yeah. I was gonna say who my 14th was. Julio Jones. All right, so you tell my us fifteenth. Hold on, hold right. on. Before right, that, Jason, I go. need to explain why Julio Jones is a good early second round pick. That's you true. guys need to explain why he's not. That's true. I just <laughs> like Juju better. Juju is my number fifteen. I, I like his ceiling better. I think that he's gonna take over that number one role, even if he does not playing on the outside. A lot of people are like, he's not gonna take over the number as the number one receiver because he's a slot player. Well, a number one receiver isn't just like a guy you put number one on Madden. All right, it just means the number one target for it's your not. player, and a number one receiver can yes. be. A slot receiver, as you can see with Juju last season, he was clearly the number one receiver when Antonio Brown was there. Keenan Allen, obviously the number one receiver. Julian Edelman. Uh, right. And the list goes on. Um, Ladies so and gentlemen. That's why I like Juju. I've never been a Julio Jones guy because of his consistency. Again, lack of touchdowns, which changed last year. Um, finally, he got some touchdowns. But Julio Jones has those classic five receptions for 35-yard games. And that's why I stay away from him in the first round. I mean, I just have him outside the top 15 because I'd probably have him at 16, in all honesty, just because the new uh, the new uh, offense with Matt Ryan that they got to learn there where who's Matt your, Ryan who's your slacks a little bit. I have a, a little bit of a chub growing here for my number 15. Oh, pick. I like it. I like I like this. He almost made my chub. list, too. Uh, 996 rushing yards last season, just shy of 1,000, eight rushing touchdowns. Uh, 200 receiving yards, 150 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. This is all in only nine games started. He blew up onto the scene once they got rid of Carlos Hyde, and it is his backfield now. Yes, Kareem Hunt is there. Yes, the suspension is eight games long only, but I'm just trusting in the talent of Nick Chubb because he was one of the most elusive, one of the most dynamic backs in the league last year when he was able to play. So I'm just trusting in that offense, especially with Baker and OBJ and Landry and Njoku, all those guys. If the uh, if the Browns start off hot with like a six and two record, I don't think they try to tinker too much with that offense. Uh, Duke Johnson already requested a trade, so more pass catching options, hopefully for uh, Nick Chubb as well. There, so Nick Chubb here is my fifteenth player. Let me make a note, listeners. You know who isn't in either of our top fifteens? Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook. That, I don't think it's going to change. We're certainly probably the only podcast that if they do a top 15, no one will have either of those guys in it. We notoriously hate Joe Mixon. And you know what's difficult? And we've nailed it. And you know what? I mean, not even difficult. Crazy that, like, putting this list together was hard, and there's still other guys I was considering not named Mixon and Cook. Oh, yeah, Mixon and Cook weren't even in my consideration. I'll put Ertz. In terms of tight end, Ertz and Ertz is Kittle. Close. I can see that. Both. Put Ertz and Kittle over them. I mean, I didn't even have DJ in my top 15. Honestly, T.Y. Holton is someone T.Y. who could creep up there with a full year with a healthy luck. It might be beautiful. Anyway, um, <laughs> so like we said, these are not rookies. These are, uh, th- I mean, this is a list that does not involve rookies. But the rookies are coming. They're not going to. We can't stop rookies, it. Too. They're like the White Walkers. They're not coming, getting into the top. All right, 15. man. Let me transition. <laughs> They're like the White Walkers. You can't stop them. 
you can only contain them, and they and they're not going to be contained for long. They're going to come, they're and in stop order in order to know whether we do have someone that's going to be in the top fifteen or not, even though Michael talking in absolute terms like, "Oh yeah, I know everything. I'm Michael." I'll, I'll bet not. you that the one uh, of them doesn't reach a top fifteen. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> it's it's got to be. It's got to be. Who's going to be? I got to see the teams. Jacobs, fuck out of here. I bet you it's not even the top twenty. I got to see the teams. Um, but before that, let's find out if anyone's good enough to make those things. We have a special guest coming, so without any further ado, let's hit the Real Recognize Real hotline. We are really happy to welcome in our guest on the Real Recognize Real hotline, Mark Lindquist. Mark is a football uh, writer, a college football writer, and a baseball writer for Roto World. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your time, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm uh, uh, looking forward to uh, talking some uh, uh, draft here. You know, we're, we're just over a week away. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Uh, so, look, we're going to start you off with the classic. All right, let's. Everyone wants to talk about the quarterbacks. Everyone wants to talk about Kyler Murray. Always, because look, le- uh, this time two weeks ago, everyone he was a shoe in to Arizona. Everyone knew he was going. Um, Josh Rosen was for sure going to get traded, but now we're hearing these uh, these rumors that um, they haven't made up their their minds yet. And if you think about this time last year, this time last year, the analysts like us were discussing who's a better fit for the Browns, Josh Allen or Sam Darnold. And the Browns kind of took a left turn on us. So in your opinion, do you think that he has the tools to go number one, would you take him number one if you had the number one overall draft pick? Okay, I I have very complicated feelings about Kyler Murray. Um, I would not take him number one. I uh, for starters, uh, a year ago uh, when Josh Rosen was coming out for the draft, I loved that guy, and I still love that guy. And maybe uh, uh, you, you, you know, uh, uh, he's just gonna. Uh, be stuck in a, a, a bad situation with Arizona or gets traded to the Redskins, gets stuck in a bad situation there and never develops. But I still trust Josh Rosen. And my thing on Murray is he, he's just been a very, very wishy-washy player um, ever since high school. So he, he signs with Texas A&M uh, out of high school, you know, as a Valley Hood recruit. Um, and then it, it doesn't go well for him there. Um, he bounces out on his uh, national letter of intent to transfer over to Oklahoma. So that's already one uh, kind of question mark in my head. It's like, uh, you, you know, is this guy truly committed? Then he tells baseball, you take me with a top 10 pick, um, I will play baseball. That obviously hasn't is isn't going to happen. I mean, he signed a contract with the A's, but it it it, it, it just uh, raises a lot of red flags in my head that this kid will bounce back and forth. It's like he has a Heisman cam- campaign uh, with with Oklahoma, and suddenly, yeah, all in on football when like. Five months before he was all in on baseball, so that just worries me. That's why I wouldn't draft him because I still think there's a possibility. If it doesn't pan out in football, I think he could just jump back to uh, uh, baseball. Now, in terms of his tools, like I really like him. Like he, he was super fun to watch. He's got the uh, 
you know, kind of live wire arm, really good runner, but all of the other questions just make me nervous about that guy. And that's why, like, I just couldn't invest in number one pick, especially when you already have Rose in there, who is a guy I really like still. Yeah, yeah, you make a lot of good points about the uh, the commitment issues with Kyler Murray there. I didn't know about the college issue with the transferring and then the, the baseball is sure. I mean, th- that's two different scenarios in his young career that already he backed out of. So it's definitely something to think about. Sticking with the quarterback theme, uh, a lot of mocks have Dwayne Haskins going sixth overall to the Giants. And then there's been rumblings out of guys like Mike Mayock that the NFL actually likes Daniel Jones more than guys like Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke, who seem to, who seem to be the two and three really ahead of the rest of the pack. How do you see the other quarterbacks outside of Kyler Murray? Yeah, uh, so my favorite quarterback in this class is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I, I, I mean, you listen to any interview with that kid. He's super smart. He understands football. Um, he, I, 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 I really like his arm. Now, sometimes he can get a little bit frazzled um, and put himself in bad situations. But I, I, I think that Haskins, what I enjoy about him most, um, like he, he's a very high-floor guy in my mind. And higher ceiling than him. Um, but I feel like Haskins is going to stick as, you know, maybe not a top-ten quarterback in the NFL, but top 13, top 15, like, I, I, I think that he's just going to be able to uh, uh, find his lane and transition very easily. I have more questions about Jones and uh, Locke. With Daniel Jones, uh, really like his athletic ability, his build, his mechanics. Um, I don't love his arm. I don't love his college production. And granted, uh, when, when he was at Duke, uh, didn't have the greatest receiving court. You know, he didn't have Hollywood Brown there to throw to or anything like that. So he had to do a lot of stuff on his own. And I take that into account. But he, he's a guy I wouldn't touch until uh, the second round, honestly. Like hearing uh, talk about the Giants taking him at six or even uh, 17 just makes me really nervous. Um, and then on Drew Locke, I really like his arm. Don't really love his mental processing, but he he can make some big time throws. See, the tricky thing is when uh, you're watching him in college, he would uh, almost across the board struggle against uh, uh, winning teams. Like he'd put up huge numbers against like the Idaho's and Yukons of the world. Uh, but when it came to SC play against uh, bowl caliber teams. Drew Locke was not a good quarterback, and that worries me for the NFL. One more follow-up on these quarterbacks. I found it very interesting that you um, were a very big fan of Josh Rosen coming out of last year's draft, and a lot of people, he seems to be the odd man out out of the big four by a lot of people just because of his one bad year. And we know that rookies don't always end up in the best situations. So if Josh Rosen was a part of this year's class, would he be your number one quarterback yes absolutely he, he would be my number one quarterback uh uh without a doubt i i like him a lot more than the guys in this class like like 
I, I've got a lot of affection for uh, uh, Haskins, but hey, I would like Rosen more than Haskins, Darnold more than Haskins, uh, Baker more than Haskins. So, yeah, this is just a little bit of a uh, thinner class, you know. So let's move on to the quarterback's weapons. One guy you mentioned already, Hollywood Brown. Todd McShay of ESPN said that he is the best um wide receiver that he's ever graded in his grading system in terms of speed and agility together. Um, as a guy who watched Hollywood Brown, uh, do you agree with his assessment and do you think he can produce on the next level? Uh, in terms of speed, yeah, I, I, I mean, that, that guy's, you know, uh, blinking, you'll miss him for a touchdown. He's gone kind of a, a speed right there and he's really fun to watch. Um, I, I, I don't have any questions about his speed or athletic ability. He's just such a small dude, though, so thin. Um, and what I do worry about in terms of his speed is he's coming off of, a, you know, a, a foot surgery, which is really kind of nerve-wracking for a guy whose entire game is predicated on being able to uh, – I, I get downfield. I think it, it, if he can maintain his health, I mean, uh, I really enjoy his ceiling. But it, it, the, the size and uh, you know the foot surgery, like it, it does give me uh, cause for concern. Like he's a guy who I'd consider maybe late round one, but there are other wide receivers. I feel a little bit more confident in than Hollywood. And you gotta you gotta have some kind of reservation drafting a guy named Hollywood whose <laughs> name is Hollywood in college and he's playing wide receiver, the number one diva position of all time. Like you gotta that's gotta be something. Oh totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking with the uh, wide receiver class, uh looking at the there's a lot of dynasty football guys on Twitter and Nikhil sure. Harry is someone that they love a lot just based on his route running ability and his just ability in general on the football field. And then guys like DK Metcalf, who he always seems like someone who's asked about because people I see him ranked number one overall by some uh, rankers and then outside the top ten by other rankers. How do you, how do you uh, feel about those two players? I love Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry is my number one uh, wide receiver. He, he plays with like an awesome bulldog attitude. Um, he, he, he just like a, a really, really strong uh, uh, personality. Just a tough dude um, and awesome at making contested catches. I loved watching him at Arizona State. Um, Metcalf is a, a guy that I don't like at all, though. Um, so my thing with that, um, Metcalf is, you know, yeah, he's got the build. We've all seen him without a shirt on, and he looks like, you know, a, a, a superhero and whatnot. Um, he has a major uh, injury history. He didn't put up a ton of production at Ole Miss in a, 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 a prolific passing offense. And a lot of that, you know, it does come back to, um, his health issues, like he, he was uh, knocked out for the uh, uh, second half of the 2018 season with a neck thing. Um, and beyond the health, I, I, I mean, I feel like people do overblow some combine numbers, but his agility drills were just awful. I feel like you have to take that into account with that guy. You just have to. 
Um, and so for me, there's too many question marks there. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he went top 10, honestly. Um, I, like, I, I, like, one of my kind of uh, pet theories is that he's going to end up uh, going to the Bills at number nine. Um, but I wouldn't spend that pick on him. Honestly, he's not a guy I would even consider in the draft. Uh, I go much more for uh, high floor guys. That, that number nine pick, if it goes to the Bills, I wouldn't be surprised if it is him. But I, they're picking before the Broncos. I think someone trades into that spot for a quarterback. Either way, I think the Metcalf that high is a mistake. Yeah. Uh, staying on the wide receivers for one more question. Uh, I've seen in your work that you're a fan of Debo Samuel. Uh, would yes. you like to expand a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Debo's another guy uh, like Nikhil Harry. Uh, just super tough. You love his play demeanor. Um, and really quick, he showed out awesomely at the Senior Bowl. I mean, he looked like an NFL receiver there. Um, like, very consistent with his routes. Uh, all of that kind of fun stuff. My, my only kind of concern with him is he hasn't had, like, you know, we, we, we've touched on health with a few of these guys. And Samuel's another one. Like, he broke his leg in 2017 and he's also dealt with a lot of uh hamstring issues during his collegiate career so those things do worry me a little bit but like i just really like his profile if he could stay healthy uh moving over to the running backs josh jacobs is a guy that um he seems to be right now the only person only running back that's projected to go in the first round so in your opinion, what separates him from the other running backs? And outside of that, who's a sleeper running back that could go in round four or five that you think has a chance to succeed at the next level? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I guess I turned the uh, uh, question back on you. Um, for me, it's more of uh, does this guy stand out above the back? Mm. Because I don't actually think that he does with – with Jacobs, like, I yeah, love his toughness, love his uh, 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 blocking ability and receiving. He, he shows a lot of nice kind of compact burst in a short space. Really tough guy. Um, made himself up from basically a non-recruit out of high school. Um, but the way I view him is Nick Saban's, you know, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. Nick Saban was giving far more work to Damian Harris, and I think that does say something. Like, uh, Saban obviously saw a role for Jacobs, and he performed very well in it. I just feel like people projecting him into, like, a starting running back role, it, it, it's a bridge too far for me, probably. As for uh, day three guy, um, I grew up in the Boise Valley, I love Alexander Madison uh, out of Boise State. Uh, so Madison's a uh, very good receiver, very tough dude. He doesn't really have the breakaway speed, but in the same breath, he's going to get you yards. He's, he's one of those guys who will just turn forward, get you solid production, and maybe he's not going to be on uh, you know, the uh, sports center highlight reels a ton, um, but I just feel like he, he's somebody who's being a little bit overlooked in the process. I think he's a little bit more athletic than people give him credit for. When it, uh, I, on April 1st, you released your 
all underrated 2019 draft class team. And I, I looked at that article and I saw that you were pretty high on Miles Sanders. He's another he's another guy that seems to be really around the rankings, whether it be like near the top of number two and people are like, yeah, you have him super high. And then uh, someone will have him number like nine and people will be like, yeah, that's where he deserves to be. What is it about Miles Sanders that you like? Yeah, so with the, uh, uh, Sanders, um, he would be in contention for my uh, top running back. Like, I, I think that he's being very, very, well, hey, I mean, as the call-up goes, very, very underrated. Um, uh, what, what I really like about Sanders is he, he just has a very smooth uh, kind of playing style, a, a great knack um, and instincts for the game. Um, and honestly, like, I wasn't super high on him coming into the evaluating process, but his testing uh, really opened my eyes. And then I was going back and uh, looking at him a little bit more. I, I, I just think he's being overlooked by a lot of people. I wouldn't be surprised if he could carve out a started role. Like, I, I really trust that guy. I, I think he's getting uh, dinged a little bit just because, you know, he, he was Saquon Barkley's replacement, you know. Um, so expectation is kind of uh, skewed. Penn State had a little bit of a weird season to begin with. Um, so I, I feel like he's just flown under the radar a little bit. But I really like the way that he plays. I'm going to switch the topic to tight ends here because that's arguably the most uh, hyped yes. uh, position going into this draft. We are notorious on this uh, podcast, always talking about how rookie tight ends are notoriously slow contributors in fantasy. And it's understandable. They need to learn routes. They need to learn how to block. They need to learn a lot of different things. It's a tough position to learn. Uh, People may be, the word I'm looking for is drawn in by these big hype prospects. Do you think there's a prospect who's going to break the mold and really contribute heavily their first season this year? Um. I, I, I mean, you're completely right. It, it's very difficult to project those guys for fantasy. Um, first year, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I really like uh, uh, the uh, two Iowa kids, Hawkinson and uh, uh, Fant. I, I, I honestly think that um, Hawkinson is closer to being able to uh, produce at the NFL level than Fant is, even though Fant is an incredible athlete in his own right. Um, Hawkinson is one of the best blocking tight ends that we've seen in the last decade. So that already gives him a little bit of a uh, head start on that front, um, just developmentally. And then as a receiver, he took off at Iowa. Like, he was getting more targets than... uh, Vampus uh, last year. Um, I, I, I really like Hawkinson. Now, I, 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 I couldn't with confidence say, like, yeah, he, he's absolutely going to produce um, as a rookie just because, like you were saying, very hard to protect those guys, but he would be the one that I trust the most there. I like Hawkinson a lot. I, the, more I, the more I watch tape on him, the more I just fall in love with him every time. All right, so before we let you go, we have one last question. Now, we talked about the main guys in the draft, but everyone got their guy. Everyone has their, like, I don't really have a reason why I love this dude. He just stands out. For me this year, it's Georgia running back Elijah Holyfield for two reasons. Number one, two two guys in the top that were top running backs last year as rookies out of Georgia, obviously, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. And then secondly, 
He is Evander Holyfield's son. The yeah. former heavyweight champion, one of the most ripped athletic dudes in the history of the world. And you know what? He's as slow as his dad, too. I'm taking that guy, though. He could even knock somebody out. All right? I'm, I'm punching him in the goal line for 12 touchdowns. Um, for you, what's a guy, who's a guy that the scouts aren't on or don't necessarily see as a first round or first day pick that you think is being overlooked in this draft? talking about Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell, mm-hmm. Paris Campbell, you know, Paris Campbell lit up the uh, uh, combine, yeah, Paris Campbell as a, uh, a late day one guy. My Ohio State wide receiver that I'm riding and dying for is scary Terry McLaurin. I love McLaurin. Um, unlike Campbell, like Campbell plays uh, uh, very much like an around the line of scrimmage kind of game, you know, like the Percy Harvin kind of thing. Um, uh, uh, McLaurin, he's your downfield threat, and uh, he, he tested out awesome in his own right. I think that he's going to be an impact wide receiver, and maybe early in his career too, depending on where he lands. Like, I, I, I just love that kid. I don't get why uh, uh, people aren't talking about him more. I think that he could be a day two steal. Um, thank you so. You want to say something? I think that's very interesting to look at the flip side there, because um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. What's his Campbell? Ca- yeah, Campbell. A lot of talk about him recently, and I'm with you. He he was very gadgety in college. It's hard to project those guys to the NFL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, by the way, that's another thing that makes Dwayne Haskins' evaluation kind of tricky, because Ohio State uh, under Urban Meyer. They love to run like those bubble screens, you know, um, and end arounds and things like that. So uh, Haskins ended up like getting a, a, a lot of yardage off of, you know, Paris Campbell breakaways and things like that. And so with Haskins, you kind of have to evaluate and project like, what's he going to look like if he's not just throwing around the line of scrimmage? And obviously, like, you know, he showed off his arm. Uh, throughout the season, but it is something to keep in mind. Uh, just uh, the uh, system he's coming out of. Mark Lindquist, he is a college football and baseball writer for Roto World. Tell the people where to find you, man. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark R. Lindquist, L I N D Q U I S T on the last name there. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, please, please check out uh, uh, Roto World. We're having so much draft content coming out. Over the next week, we're going to be just ramping, ramping up, uh, uh, heading into the draft. So uh, uh, check out not only our columns, but we're going to have the uh, news feed going on overdrive, just with rumors and all that fun stuff. So uh, yeah, be sure to uh, you know have Roto World's college football section uh, uh, bookmarked right there. Roto World, the classic resource of any person who's into sports in general but especially fantasy sports mark Lindquist, thank you so much for joining us on the real recognized real hotline take care man thanks mark thanks a lot mark yeah thanks for having me on guys so that was our episode thank you guys so much for joining us again we really appreciate you guys who tune in during the off season um if again if we don't tell you enough we love you thank you for supporting us um just a real quick flex, like our numbers are up like 600% from, from last year. And even our off-season numbers this year are bigger than our our season numbers were uh, at this point last year. So 
Shout out to you guys. Um, you guys are helping us grow. Keep telling your friends, although maybe not your friends in your fantasy league, but the friends around you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so Tell everyone. Yeah, tell everyone uh, about us. And uh, tell them to follow us on our personals as well. Um, but first, they can follow at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Also on Facebook. You could also follow... Uh, you could also go to our website, BrodoFantasy.com. The Twins just published publish a pretty good... Um, article a couple of articles uh one of them has the uh, nfl the nfl players who are game of thrones characters and baseball players who are game of thrones characters for those thronies out there um that's the lamest term for someone who watches game of thrones really is and (laughs) but um yeah follow me at Tampa Trop on all social media outlets, but only if you're real 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 frisky jason where can they find you at jason patrop and mike at Mike, you said? At and Mike like, underscore Patrop. I said and Mike. <laughs> the only Patrop with an underscore in his Twitter bio. At Mike Patrop is taken by a no face. Oh, man. Why why they stop? Why they start putting no face like instead of the Twitter egg? I haven't noticed. I just realized that it's not a Twitter egg anymore. It's just a it's no face. I forgot no it was face. ever an egg. Yeah, because of a baby twit. That's baby little thingy. Yeah. yeah. Chicken thing. You know the wrap up is taken on Instagram by a guy who has two followers? That's Talk terrible. about pissed off. Yeah. Trying to get the wrap up from these New York kids, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get the wrap up, man. <laughs> trying to get that. Like I'm trying to get that. Like you don't understand. I offered to pay Contact him. him. He's yeah. he's not even a- accessing it. Anyway, I don't know why I'm complaining about this on air. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, the draft is coming up shortly, and then after the draft, we're really gonna hit it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. We are going to put this thing into overdrive. We are going to prepare you for your drafts, whatever drafts they may be. Dynasty, um, redraft. Um, what are the other types of drafts? Keepers. Best ball. Best ball. Best ball. There you go. Anything you need, we got focusing kind of on redraft. But, uh, yeah, that's it for us. We will see you shortly. Goodbye. Later. Later.